consent gives birth to love and life. We foster passion to grow geniuses which lift humanity. And tailor technology to preserve liberty and balance with nature. Welcome, Welcome to Radical. Radical. Welcome to Radical, ladies and gents, boys and girls. I'm your host, Shane Hazel. Thank you guys for all being here. Um, sorry it's late in the week and I'm just getting going here too. Uh, you know, I'm a homesteader and sometimes things happen. You got to take care of those things. Uh, for me, uh, as a homesteader, a lot of what I do uh, out here behind the scenes, uh, I, I'd love to show you guys and we'll probably make a larger effort in doing so now that we're doing uh, more content more often. Uh, getting kids involved now that they're getting older and able to help and you know kind of kind of be the production crew if you will help set up help learn the trade and all this fun stuff but uh, this week uh, we've been prepping for this for a while and uh, one of the things that I have to do is take care and maintain a water system uh, if you guys are unfamiliar with maintaining a water system uh, they're different and they're they depend on where you're at what's going on with your water. Uh, we, fortunately, we live in a pretty good spot. Um, we do have some really, really high iron content out here. Um, and one of the things, you know, that I use is this thing called a, uh, iron curtain. Uh, it's made by a company called Helen brand and, you know, not sponsored by them or anything like that. That's just one of those things that, you know, what I've found, uh, over the over the course of being out here and homesteading is you know the water uh, is amazing it's delicious and everything but the iron content is one of those things that can absolutely destroy your plumbing system and you don't want that so you've got to take extra special care of it because if your water heaters get too much iron if your pipes get too much iron if your body gets too much iron if any of these things washers dryers well, I guess not dryers, um, but your washing machines, your dishwashers, your refrigerators, your ice machine, if you got one, I mean, all of these things can, you know, have their lives cut short in an economy where appliances are, you know, obviously not only getting spendy, but you've had supply, uh, supply chain breakdowns and extremely long um, waiting times for these things. It's not something you can afford to do. So you got to do some things outside of the box even to, you know, to, to do this. And so, you know, one of the things about homesteading is having some resiliency, having some ingenuity, wanting to fix problems, uh, just being able to take care of things. You got to be fairly handy. Um, so this week has been you know, dedicated a lot to fixing, uh, the, the water system in this house, making sure that it's got some longevity because I think we're going to need it. Uh, pretty easy to do, but I uh, wanted to, to tell you guys about that. If you do have uh, iron problems in your home setter and you're out there, you want to do this kind of stuff, listen, uh, get yourself a pre-filter before your iron curtain, which is made by Helen Brand, and then get a post-filter so that you can kind of really monitor what's coming out of the iron curtain. That way you, you kind of really understand when it's a good time to change the filters. A lot of these pre-filters and post-filters, you can do this. This is like a whole home uh, water filter. It's made by Calogen. Uh, and they've got, you know, micron, you know, five micron filtration, which actually removes quite a bit of the, the any sentiment, rust and all that kind of stuff so that the iron curtain can do its job. And then I just do the post one so I can kind of keep an eye on what's going on. So if you guys have questions about that, it's uh, it's one of those things that has occupied a lot of my time this week. And so uh, this this week I'm going to do, you know, this one show may go a little long. There is a lot to talk about. I mean, I have been monitoring things in the background. Uh, obviously, WEF is going on, and you know, by uh, I guess by the grace of God, there's so much to, to monitor there in a week uh, where I've got uh, you know home issues that I, I absolutely have to take care of. But what's going on over there is not a shock. It's pretty interesting. Um, but it, you know, obviously, it all revolves around what these extremely wealthy people close to the printing sources are, are have in store for the rest of us. And I'll tell you, you know, as we get into this today, it's not, it's not good. I'm going to tell you right now, up front, you know, there are some things that have me extremely concerned and there's some things that have you concerned, but it's all about money. This is, this is all about money. This is when I talk about Bitcoin, the way I do and the reasons I do it's because I want you to be free. I want you to be your sovereign citizen. I want you to be your own bank. I want you to be 
your passion in life. I don't want you to have to, by force and coercion, have to give things to other people because they say, hey, I've got a badge and a gun, and it's the law. I mean, this is, this is a serious part of what's going on in the world today, is give us your stuff. You're going to be forced into things through government, through corporations, through these, you know, these big banks that are absolutely on fire right now. Literally, all of this is on fire right now because the banking system is imploding. It's amazing to see. I mean, we'll talk about it here in a little bit as well, but the the U.S. has hit its debt limit. I think it's like $31.4 trillion. Unimaginable number when I was born. Like, unimaginable. The fact that we're there. The fact that we, in my lifetime, I think... um, I remember for the first time we were approaching $10 trillion, and it was a big damn deal. Huge deal. I mean, this was this was a little over, I don't know, 13 years ago when Barack Obama was coming into power. I mean, before that, we were talking about $2, 3000000000000 $4 trillion under George W. Bush. Before that, we weren't even, we were, we were barely talking a trillion dollars. I mean, it's nuts, the size of the debt that has grown to this proportion right now. So we're going to talk about that, but because there are some other things going on and because they all interconnect, because money, fiat money in this fiat world has invaded everything, there's some things I want to bring to your attention because there is some good. So today, I think I'm going to lead with some of the good and then I'm going to show you why it's so important. And it's important because there's a lot of bad. And the thing is, the bad have a lot of power. They, they control the media, they control the government, they control the banks, they control the zombie corporations, like this is a thing. But first, let's talk about the good. And this is controversial right now. Uh, Steven Crowder, you guys I'm sure know who Steven Crowder is. He's actually, he's a guy I don't agree with on everything. I think he is actually a really interesting personality. I think he does a lot of really good work. I think he's you know, he, I've watched Steven Crowder come up, you know, that's the thing is when, you know, I, I guess when I got out of the Marine Corps and went back to college, I remember somewhere around that time frame. this was uh, 2000, late 2005, early 2006, you know, I remember YouTube popping up and, you know, this guy wandering around doing these videos and thought, you know, pretty interesting guy. And, you know, obviously back then, uh, I was coming out of a out of a, a stupor, you know this this national government indoctrinated uh, you know, Marine Corps veteran, and I was trying to find some purchase. And one of, one of the things I've always appreciated is humor and smart humor that you know uses logic, uses questioning, uh, the Socratic method. And Stephen was one of those guys that I looked at a lot. You know, up and comer. He was one of those guys that was making, you know, making his rounds, doing a lot of stuff outside, uh, and you know, not only doing comedy but like doing bits of politics with comedy. I thought it was actually really entertaining. Um, like I said, I don't agree with Stephen on everything, but I think there's a lot of common ground. Um, Stephen considers himself a conservative, and that's you know, I don't. I don't necess- I don't agree with conservatism because I don't understand what it is. I don't think it actually has any real definition. I've said that for a very, very long time. I think most conservatives are actually really good people. I think most of them have been indoctr- indoctrinated by the state to the degree that they don't understand where they're at in terms of, of having having a lot of hypocrisy. And I, you know, I don't mean that in, in the worst way. It's a cognitive dissonance. And it's been installed in people because of the indoctrination system and because of the education system, right? Like the, indoctr- the youth indoctrination system works. It has always worked. It is, it's why they installed it here in America. It works because you get people to start taking sides. You get people to start taking sides saying, you know, this 20% of the government, you know, Republicans or Democrats is better than this one. So you should vote against them. You know, you're always voting against the, the, the more evil party. That's, that's what the indoctrination does. Whereas 60% of the people in America 
have checked out or they understand that they can't win and the, the entire system is compromised. It's not a democracy. It's not a constitutional republic. It is a rule by minority, which is crazy. If people actually understood that the rule by minority, it's not that, you know, the, the people who are independents, libertarians, whatever, green parties, it's not that they've checked out. It's that they know the system is so rigged that they cannot compete. They can't. Republicans and Democrats own the system. And they really are the same party. There's not any difference. You know, especially, you know, the higher you go, right? The national level, there's there's no damn difference. Um, it's it's crazy to me what Stephen is doing here. And Stephen, you know, there's a couple clips over two days. Uh, Stephen came out and he started talking about how conservative media, the giants, like the big, big, you know, uh, giants that are out there, even guys that are, you know, in, you know, on their own platform, CRTV, I guess, uh, the blaze, uh, you know, different organizations like that and the daily wire, right? He didn't name them personally, you know, and on, on day one, he did not name who these people were. The problem was that he was independent. And he was kind of a free agent. He, you know, they were offering him contracts. And Stephen, I think, has somewhere around six million followers. Six million, uh, yeah, on YouTube right here. Five point nine four million subscribers to Stephen Crowder. That's incredible. That is un, that that is one hell of an accomplishment for a guy who's young, who has you know, quote unquote, a conservative bent, who's a comedian at the same time. That is, that is a hell of an accomplishment, especially given that the system can't stand him. Big Tech hates Steven Crowder. And you watch, I mean, he goes, he tries to get kicked off of places like YouTube and TikTok and things like all the time. He, he, he has such a great following that a lot of times he can put pressure on those giant tech companies to show him exactly what he did wrong. And most of the time, you know what it is. It's, it's the same thing that's been exposed by the Twitter files. The FBI and these tech organizations for, you know, the, I should say the alphabet boys, but the belly button being the FBI and these alphabet agencies don't want him talking about certain things. They're censoring him and they're censoring truth. Whether you like Stephen or not, I mean, a lot of what, you know, Stephen says is very truthful and, you know, maybe a little hyperbolic, bombastic. I don't, I don't know. I don't care. Is comedy? Yes, it is. The thing is, is free speech is a is a must for people to be free. It's a prerequisite for people to be free. And the problem that arose is a lot of these companies want Stephen to come and work for them for no small sum of money. I mean, $50 million. Stephen's walked away from it. And I admire that. You know, as a guy who has had money thrown at him, when especially when I was you know trying to be um, you know, when I was trying to infiltrate the Republican party as a Republican, Hey man, if you'll just vote this way or you'll just support the speaker, man, we got, we got money for you. No, no, no. Thank you. I don't, that's, it's not that important to me that I need to sell my soul. This is, this is the decision. And I know Steven's got money already. Steven's got all that kind of, you know, fuck you money already where he doesn't need to do this kind of stuff. But $50 million is still a lot of money. I think $50 million is still a lot of money even for Steven. But it's not something he's willing to sell his soul for. And I, I really, I admire that. Because there are too few people in this world today that don't, that don't have a price. Steven apparently doesn't have a price. I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know the guy. Like I said, I don't know him. I'd love to have him on the show. I'd love to sit down and talk to him because... We need more guys that will sit there and say, no, you can cram your fiat $50 million up your ass. I'm not selling my soul. You're not getting control of me. And here's what happened is when they offered him contracts, what they did was they, they put in these contracts all these clauses that say if you get a strike or if you get a ban, your income is going to be decreased sometimes by 40%. Think about that. The, the crux of the issue here is that they're going to remove his money if he doesn't stay within the confines of the ever-changing communist 
oppressive tyranny of big tech. And conservative media have him making that commitment in contract form. I'm going to say it again. Big conservative media is bending the knee to big tech by making sure that they penalize people who speak out against the narrative. This is a huge deal. And we've been talking about this for a long time. We've said that all of these organizations are bought and paid for, even the conservative ones. And people are like, no, nah, man, you know, these guys are great. And, and like you, you look at, you know, the Daily Wire and, you know, the Blaze. And, man, it's all fiat bought. It's all contractual. It is, it is crazy what you're going to see here. I don't, maybe I don't even get to the WEF and all that fun stuff. I don't know. We'll see. I've obviously, I've got a lot to say about what's going on in this particular matter because I think it's horrendous. And I think it's amazing that somebody's stepping out to expose it, especially with such a big name like Steven Crowder. Here we go. But that's no longer possible. So if you've watched for the last decade, you know that I've always made it clear that we here at Mug Club are in the business of serving you, the viewer, you watching, listening right now. I've also made it clear that I wouldn't be in the business of attacking other conservatives, uh, regardless of disagreements or personal issues. And I've always explained my logic was relatively simple. I believe that the world was better with more voices out there rather than less, regardless of minute differences, considering the magnitude of the battle that we are genuinely fighting for our country right now. But for the first time, I have to say that I believe many of those in charge in the right-leaning media are actually at odds with what's best for you, the viewer, the customer, uh, and more importantly, the country. We here at Mug Club, we thought that we were all in this together, that we were fighting the, the, the media, entertainment, industrial complex. Um, we thought that we were all genuinely taking it to big tech. But too many of those in charge of the big conservative platforms um, are verifiably in bed with them. Big tech is in bed with big con. The people you thought, the people I thought were fighting for you, a lot of it has been a big con. Now, I'm specific. All right, big con, and maybe he's about to say it here, but big, big con is big conservative media. Big con. Great, great way to, to, uh, to shorten it up, by the way. Typically avoiding naming names or going after individuals uh, in this video because I genuinely hope that those I'm addressing, and you know who you are, have a change of heart. It's, it's never too late to do the right thing. Guys, this is a genuine plea. We can all do better. We can all do better. It doesn't have to be this way. And please don't make me have to provide receipts. Now, to the others out there um, who have now been able to verify have been locked into exploitative contracts that I have the luxury of not having to sign, which is why I'm doing this. Um, those of you out there who've been locked into this and, 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 and you know what I'm talking about, stay tuned. I've got something for you before this video is done. So... A few points to address. Now, many, many, but not all of the suits running the business of, of big conservative, big con, at best don't share your values and at worst are taking advantage of your good graces. And as I've experienced it behind the scenes, I've watched our country be harmed as a result. So Mug Club. Professionally, it's meant everything to us here. Um, personally too, but professionally, you are the entire reason for our ability, your ability to create this kind of content truly independently for the last six years. When I started doing, you know, right leaning, like comedy entertainment videos, uh, in 2009, maybe it was 2008. I didn't, really didn't have a plan. I didn't know the blueprint because there was no blueprint. I didn't know the ceiling because no one with this kind of content had ever really even tried it. It was you mug club. You watching, supporting, who created the ceiling. And you made it clear that all of you were going to keep raising it. 
All I knew back then was that I was a conservative. I was a Christian. There was nothing out there for someone like me. Not on cable, not on radio, certainly not on YouTube. And back then, that was really the only um, video platform. Uh, Live streaming wasn't really even a thing. All I wanted to do was to set out to create the kind of content, the kind of show that I always wished had existed when I was growing up. And I hoped that there would be enough of you out there like me. All right, I'm going to leave it there because, I mean, this goes on for, you know, about half an hour. So I I understand this. This is something when when I created uh, Radical and before this, The Rebellion, this was what I wanted. I didn't see shows doing what I wanted to see. So go out there and create it. Same, same for you guys. If you guys ever have aspirations of doing this kind of stuff, get a mic. That's all you need. Get a mic and then go to town. Start talking on the mic. You'll feel better anyway. Like it's just, it's, it's cathartic and therapeutic and it, it, getting your thoughts out sometimes is what you have to do. Talking to people, you'd be surprised how many people out there are a lot like you that are just frustrated, that need to talk about this, the things that are going on in the world around them. I understand where Steven Crowder is coming from. Like this is, a, this is one of those things where when you pour your heart and your soul and everything into this and have the success that he's had, you know, I, I will say, and I don't know if there were any trade-offs in the beginning where, you know, he was uh, in, in these contracts. I, I don't know. But he is also a disruptor and people who are in industries hate disruptors. Why? Because they kill their industry. Because people who cannot adapt and overcome things like tyranny because their business model doesn't have enough uh, imagination to figure it out. They can't stand guys who are disruptors. Steven's obviously a disruptor. Look at Blockbuster versus Netflix, right? Disruption happened. Blockbuster laughed off Netflix, and Netflix is like, cool, watch this. Steven has figured it out, right? And some, some people are so early to, to things that they don't have the audience. They don't have, and when you don't have the audience, audiences are what pay for things like advertisements, right? Which help him put on shows and this guy he just turns to the mug club he just turns to his listeners those are the people who pay for his show you get 5.94 million people paying for your show things start to add up fairly quickly and obviously you have to grow that and you have to grow it at such an organic level especially because i think he only runs like maybe one ad at the beginning of every show he is going to do something different He's going and he's, he's trying to help other people in this industry do the same because what does he ultimately want? Stephen ultimately wants people to be free to say whatever the hell they want to say without being suppressed, without being deplatformed by the state and big tech working together. He's literally working against people who call themselves conservatives, who are media giants that want him under contract so that he cannot speak his mind without fear of retribution from YouTube, from Facebook, from whatever organization out there that's at the tips of the government, the FBI, being the belly button, keep keep him from saying what he really needs to say. It's incredible. That's conservative media. And there are people coming out of the woodwork now, especially after this happened. This happened, uh, I guess it was, what, last night? Um, he says that, he, you know, the, the, he, the, the title of the video is, I didn't want to do this. So this is a follow-up video. Because he didn't name names, and he offered everybody an out. And he's like, hey, guys, look, we can do this a better way. Trust me. It may not be as lucrative for you. It may not have the money for you, but it's honest. It is grassroots based. It is subscription based because without you guys, things like this don't happen. 
I mean, unless you're a lot like me and you just want to kind of make sure that this kind of stuff is happening, you're getting people to think. You're getting people on the very fringe of the future, helping other people understand what's coming. Listen to this. Let me set the scene for you. Steven is at his desk. He's wearing a shirt that says free speech matters. And he's got um, one of those little talk boys. I don't know if you guys remember talk boys, but Kevin McAllister would use them in, um, in home alone. And he'd record, you know, what people had said, speed it up, slow it down, whatever he needed to do. He's got one of these on his desk and he's about to play a recording for you. I'll tell you what it says afterwards. They don't get deals that they can be wage slaves for a little bit, come over and make a salary and grow their brand. They can be wage slaves for a little bit. They can be wage slaves for a little bit. All right. So what he's saying, what the person on the tape is saying is they can come over and be wage slaves for a little bit. I'm going to let it play on just a little bit more. God bless the talk boy. Those things are worth like $5,000 now. It's an expensive gag. Um, so didn't want to have to do this, but Daily Wire outed themselves very, very quickly. And sure enough, if you see all of the people who, who work there, um, some of whom I have relationships with, uh, they immediately tried to make this all about money. Here's the problem. There are a few problems, and I'll go through with some receipts. Um, everything that was said about negotiations, how they transpired, beyond the numerical value, which is true and I'll get to, uh, everything else is untrue. I, I don't really want to get into that. It's completely irrelevant. Here's why. Go back to the 20-something minute video, 30-minute video. You've never heard me say or write anywhere online that these offers weren't paying enough money. Why? Because it's not about the money. All right. It's not about the money for him. I get, man, I'll tell you what. If there's anybody that gets this, yours truly understands this is not about money. This is about freedom. This is about a war we are in for the future of humanity. It's not just America at this point. And honestly, America could fall apart right now, and we'd probably all be freer, especially if we decentralize. Not, we're not, definitely not going the other way. Not globalization, not WEF stuff. As we decentralize, we will be freer. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think it is about the money. I think Steven's probably set. I think he's probably smart with his money. He's, he's a smart guy. And if it's not about money, then it's about the fight. It's about the future. It's about freedom. And I have loads of respect for that, especially when you're playing a tape of a guy who's telling people to come over and be a wage slave to the company or that people are coming up, the young guys coming up when they find talent and they want, you know, you know, they can't, um, they can't say no to money. They haven't. They don't understand a lot of the contracts that are in front of them. Come over and be a wage slave for a while for us. Come over here and let us use you for your brand. And that's what they do. That's the thing is these contracts, everything that they hope to produce, man, that, that is exactly what they want. They want your brand. They want to control your brand. And a lot of times, it's got some really evil intent because your brand might be blowing up. There might be talk behind the scenes between different, you know, people who know each other. And let's face it, it's not a huge community. They they all know each other. They probably all go to the same conventions. They all hang out. You know, like listen, if you don't think they go to the same conventions, I mean, the the whole Charlie Kirk thing that they put on every damn year, or or three times a year, whatever the hell it is, all over the all over the place. Like those events, they all know each other. It's, 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 it's gross. It's sick that conservative media want people to come over to be wage slaves. Incredible.
I'm gonna let him go on for a second. It's 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 kind of unreal to me that the only thing these people can still talk about is the money. The conversation was about conservatism, the movement, and big tech. They keep talking about money. I'm talking about a country. I'm talking about a movement. I'm talking about making a difference. It's not about the money. And Jeremy and the Daily Wire know that. How do I know they know that? Because after, according to what he said, you know, I walked away from the offer. I did place one more call to the Daily Wire. And I made it very, very clear that it wasn't about money. That was not the topic of conversation. There was zero, as they've tried to portray this, miscommunication. It was one last call where the only thing that I asked for, my only demand, was their word, and not even for me, but for other people coming up, facing these kinds of contracts. Let's say it's a kid who comes in with 500,000 YouTube subscribers or something like that, or 100,000. Let's say it's some other kid you're paying, you're paying six figures to come in and do it. There's, there's not the penalty of the demonetization or if they're removed from iTunes, Apple, YouTube. Yeah, sure there would be. And here's something else. I was also very measured. I was painstakingly clear in taking myself off the table because it wasn't going to be a right fit. That happens in business all the time. But that we weren't talking about me. We were talking about the futures of other people who could potentially be in that position, that very disconcerting position. No miscommunication. What I'm talking about is you're describing a model for everyone, a model for everyone, not just let's get, get rid of me here. Everyone, if there's a penalty for being demonetized on YouTube because your business model requires that be a huge component of it, you need to change your business model or this movement cannot work, Jeremy. We, I can't imagine my show trying to come up and be beholden to YouTube advertiser guidelines, let, al let alone, I mean, honestly, being beholden from a conservative entity with hard strikes, right, being removed, but let alone being advertiser friendly. We know how broad those guidelines are. They, they might as well just read, don't say anything offensive, and they change them at the drop, drop of a hat. I'm not suggesting that the, that the uh, guidelines aren't terrible. I'm suggesting that if making money off of those platforms is part of how you're justifying the salary you're paying someone, then when, or the fee you're, well, I keep saying salary, the fee you're paying someone, then when those go away, everybody loses money. You can't pay the same amount with less revenue. How about you create a different business model? Now, I, 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 All right, so I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave the Stephen Crowder thing here. I think you guys get it. And I think, you know, this is worthy of at least chiming in support of a guy who is trying to make it better, who is fighting his friends to make it better. It takes, oh my God. If you've never done it, if you have never had to stand and take a stand in front of your friends and tell, tell them to their face, they're doing it wrong. Man, you talk about something that's hard to do that nobody wants to do. That's it. I, I know why he records things. Man, I, behind the scenes, you guys have no idea what I do in terms of recording conversations. Holy cow. You have to see YA. You have to, have to, have to. Because what happens? On the other side, why aren't, you have to ask the question, why aren't they recording the conversation? And you, are, I will also tell you, be very aware of your state laws in terms of recording. Georgia is a one-party state, so only one party in Georgia has to be aware that somebody is being recorded. You need to know whether that is true in your state or not because it's not true. You have to have both people on both lines, especially in the Northeast and the West Coast. You gotta have, everybody's got to be apprised that everything's being recorded. That's, that's not the case here in Georgia. Now, you got to ask yourself, like this is a big conversation, and why are these other organizations that make audio video recordings all the time not recording their content? It's because they don't want things like this getting out. They don't want somebody like Jeremy from the Daily Wire, you know, saying things like come over and be a wage slave, that they are bending the knee to big tech 
that they're literally the the enforcement arm for big tech and conservative media. It's just about money. It's about dangling carrots. It's about suppression of voice and deplatforming. It is about making sure that the narrative that's approved by the FBI and the rest of these assholes is is number one. Like this, this is all you get. Steven's actually saying, no, there's a better way. Follow me. You're not going to sit here and drag, you know, drag my name through the mud, twist this to make it look like it's all about money because it isn't. It's not about money. It's about the fight and standing up to the people that you thought were your friends, that you thought were down for the cause, that were down for the fight, that had your back. This is what has to happen. This is what has to happen if we are going to succeed. The people who are sabotaging this, the people who are the gatekeepers, who are trying to keep the up-and-comers suppressed and doing it for the almighty fiat fucking dollar, cockbucks of everything. Oh, man. This is a moment. This, I mean, this is literally a moment. And I am, I am tickled to death to see that Steven is taking a stand and he's making sure he's covering his ass and he's exposing the dirtbags because that's what these guys are. These guys are damn dirtbags. And I hope the Daily Wire and CRTV and the rest of the people who are in conservative media, I hope they feel the pain from this. And I hope they make a correction. Because for too damn long, conservatives... They've been towing the line. They have been the controlled opposition. They have been the Zionist. Yeah, you heard me right. This whole idea that, you know, we have to, I don't know, go out of our way to protect Israel, nonsense. Especially considering what they do to the Palestinians. And people who don't understand what that is, really quick. Think about the United States and the Indian reservations, which are horrendous. What if we put up walls around the Indian reservations? Because that's what this is. If you don't understand how Palestinians work and like their, their geographical area, how this, this whole thing works, they are in a closed section of, of Israel, period. That's it. Now, when you put up walls and you tell them who can go where and push people around on even that property, man, that is some really tyrannical stuff. And we, it, you shouldn't be surprised by this, especially after the last two years. Look what Israel did to their own people. If you don't know, Israel was probably the most vaccinated and boosted country on the planet. And who were they doing it by? Pfizer. You don't own yourself in Israel. You don't. They're not about freedom. They are about control and manipulation. And the thing is, is the U.S. has been covering for them like there are some amazing little country over in the Middle East. There's just a different form of tyranny. That's it. It's just a different form of tyranny. And conservatives have been duped into supporting them because rah, 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 the Palestinians and Yasser Arafat and blah, blah, you know, all these attacks against people who have pushed them into a corner, taken their land, taken their stuff, surrounded them, abused them, hurt them, jailed them, killed them. That's the Israel-Palestine conflict. It's horrendous. And a lot of these guys are Zionists. I know the Daily Wire is. Ben Shapiro definitely is. Oh, yeah, we have to stand with Israel no matter what. No, we don't. No, we shouldn't. And no, I don't want my money taken through force and coercion to go do that kind of stuff against Palestinians. I don't want my money taken through force and coercion to go over to the Middle East. I don't want us bombing people. I don't want us going and, and, and forcing and coercing people to eat bugs, get in pods. I don't want any of that shit. Stop using force and coercion. 
Stop taking my money through force and coercion and then going and doing more force and coercion with it. That is the state, not only of America right now, but most of the world. And it's failing. It is exposed. And there's no better example of that than this week over in Davos. Davos, Switzerland, and I talked about it in the last show, uh, is hosting the WEF right now. And you've got, I mean, geez, if you pay any attention at all to anything other than this show, uh, you still know about what's going on. Uh, over in Davos. Now, what's really interesting this year is a bunch of the, I guess, quote-unquote, A-list actors and things like that, they're not there. And it seems like they might have a little bit of a marketing problem. Um, It doesn't take much to understand why. The guys over at Rebel News, uh, Clay Travis and, uh, let's see, uh, Avi, uh, boy, God, I can never remember Avi's last name. I'll get to it here in a second, though. Uh, these guys have been going absolutely, um, you know, balls of the walls over there, you know, grabbing as many questions as they can with guys who won't answer their questions uh, and making them look like total fools. But there are some things that are that are that are fairly concerning. Um, there's a video, you know, of the the Pfizer CEO over there, uh, Albert Borla, who is uh, confronted at Davos. And the thing is, is, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't answer anything. He has asked some really great questions. Beautiful part is, and, you know, like I said, I don't trust the guy, but, you know, Elon Musk is talking about this as well. He's talking about the WEF concerning itself and trying to become the world government, and nobody wants it. Like, most people don't want this. I think there was a poll out that was a pretty large poll, 85 plus percent of people said that this shouldn't be happening. It may have been more than that, but overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly people have a lot of hate and discontent for the WEF. You don't feel, you're not really kind of in the middle about this, right? Um, but Avi uh, definitely confronts him. Uh, Ezra confronts uh, the the CEO, uh, Albert uh, Borla from Pfizer, and it's it's astonishing the amount of questions, the fact that this guy doesn't have, you know, an entourage, you know, walking the, the either a triangle or a diamond around him. If you've ever done personal protection, you understand what this is. But nobody's like protecting this guy from the questions. It's, I, I doubt it will ever be like that again um, if we get to another one. But there are some other things that have been recorded over there. And it is something you should really, really be paying attention to. And I'll tell you why. So, here is the first clip. This is from uh, a panel that is discussing um, cyber warfare and cybersecurity, cyber attacks. This is alarming. We're here today to share the findings of the World Economic Forum's uh, Global Security Outlook uh, Report 2023. This is a result of uh, research in collaboration with the forum's communities and our partner Accenture, which we've uh, interviewed and sought input from over 300 executives globally. The most striking finding that we found is that 93% of cyber leaders and 86% of cyber business leaders believe that the geopolitical instability makes a catastrophic cyber event likely in the next two years. Catastrophic cyber event is likely in the next two years from the Forums, the World Economic Forum's experts, over 300 of the executives and the firms believe that this is imminent. Over the next two years, a catastrophic global cyber attack. What is it? Well, I've, I shared with you guys in the last show what, I, what they said in their own words, which Klaus Schwab himself said. An attack on the the energy grid. You imagine between attack on the energy grid, distribution grids, transit grids, you name it. All of these things, they are telling you. It's not predicting. This is, this is what they are planning. This is how they bring their their for you know their worldview. They the only thing that they know how to do. You shut off electricity, you shut off transportation, you shut off everything that goes into supply chain, because let's face it, 
when they tried it two years ago with COVID under the bald faced lies, it didn't work. The trial run that they ran didn't work and they know it didn't work. And not only did it not work, but it failed epically. And now that people have woken up to this, this is the only thing that they have left, ladies and gents. The only thing they have left is massive force and coercion to make you desperate. What people will do for food alone. What people will do for food alone who are not prepared who will be shamed. Literally, you will die because you can't procure food for yourself and your family. What are people going to do? Man, they are going to take the hand that is reaching out to try to save them. They're just saying, come this way. We've got all the food you can possibly want to eat. We also have shelter for you. Oh, you just have to do these things when you get here. Crazy. And it's going to happen. I, I mean... That's the thing is because they cannot get people to take any more shots, to take any more vaccines, because all of this stuff has fallen flat on its face, what are they going to do? They're buying up all the farmland. They are they want you to get your your shots over and over and over and over again. It I mean, I think it was uh Tony Blair, and I'll find it real quick here. Uh Tony Blair was over there and he said exactly this. Now this was this was more than startling. This is another forecast of what is happening, of of what's going down. Let's see here. I've got Nate, Nigel Ferrari who's even talking about. We'll go ahead and let this play. Klaus Schwab as the boss of it. Here were some words of advice from Tony Blair today. In the end, you you you, you need the data you need to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been. Some of the vaccines that will come on down the line will be multiple, there'll be multiple shots. So you've got to have, for, for reasons to do with the healthcare more generally, but certainly for uh, a pandemic or for, um, for, for vaccines, you've got to have a proper digital infrastructure. And many countries don't have that. In fact, most countries don't have that. Tony Blair? is there, there's rumors that Tony Blair wants to take over for Klaus Schwab when he has to retire, which he's you know obviously advancing in age. But Tony Blair is sitting there telling you there are more vaccines coming and you need to know. Who needs to know? The average man and woman needs to know who, who else is vaccinated? No. You don't need to know anything about my health. Nothing. Nobody does. No, he's talking specifically to the world leaders. He's saying, hey, you guys who run countries, you guys who run you know, international companies, you guys who run the international banks, which is who's you know, obviously pushing these narratives, this is, this is who, they, who needs to know. For what reason? Control. Everything that they wanted to do during COVID, the IDs, work, you name it, the, the ability to dangle a carrot in front of other people, that's what they want to control, all of it. If you're not going to get in line and be a good little citizen, then you don't get anything. You definitely don't get your rights, and we'll go so far as to make sure you and your family starve. No joke. And they mean that. They mean that they are planning, I guarantee you, they are planning cyber attacks on grids around the world to push people into camps where they have to take whatever it is that they're giving out so that they can eat. Because most people are not even close to being prepared. Not even close. Um, let's see, I've had, I had this, this one other one. Um, there is another, another clip from Davos, the annual meeting in 2023. You got two people on a stage and you want to talk about fear tactics. They've got a giant map in the background and what the giant map is doing is showing, uh, I don't know, circulation, I don't, uh, of, of 
hot air, warm air. I, I don't understand exactly what it is. It doesn't look very scientific. What I see on stage are two people bloviating about fear. Listen to this. Dear friends, scientifically, this is not a climate crisis. We are now facing something deeper. Mass extinction, air pollution, undermining ecosystem functions, really putting humanity's future at risk. All right. So now it, we're, we're not just talking about you know, global warming. We're not talking about climate change. No, 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 no. We've been upgraded to a mass extinction event. How do you how do you pull off a mass extinction event? Which, by the way, a lot of these people think that there are too many people on Earth. For sure. They've said it in their own words. We're, we, we're upgrading to a mass extinction event? Well, yeah, go read the book. I'm, I'm, I'm going to harp on this. Go read the book one second after. Mass extinction, all you got to do is turn off the grid. Most people have no idea how to just survive without power for probably, I don't know, more than a week, two weeks, definitely, you know, most people are going to tap out um, well before a month. When there's nothing at, the, at, at any of the, well, let's say you can't get gas to go anywhere anyway, but let's just say you got a little gas and you can get to the, the supermarket, the grocery store. There's going to be runs, man. There will be runs. People will panic. It will result to looting. People will get killed you will see pandemonium breakout, especially in highly dense, densely populated areas. It's going to happen. As soon as the lights go out, man, man a couple days in, oh boy, shit's going to get very, very real. You can't uh, get anything on your phone anymore. The, the batteries start to run out. Man, nobody's got answers for anything. That's what they want. I'll tell you what, if I was an evil mastermind, that's what I'd do. Turn off the power, man. You bring all these, um, bring on, bring all of these slave wagers into line. We've asked nicely for long enough. Turn off the power. This is all you got to do. America's only got three grids. It'll be easy. Their their electrical system was put in place a long, long time ago. Extremely analog. Cannot stand up to anything that we've got here. Sure. You trust the FBI, Homeland Security, to do that? No, no, no. They're they're too busy uh, telling you know anybody and everybody that Stephen Crowder can't put stuff on YouTube. No, they're they're too damn busy frisk, frisking up kids and grandparents at airports. Sixty five billion dollars a year to terrorize peaceful people, to suppress peaceful people. Yeah, turn off the lights, people. Turn them off and just let them squirm. Let them feel the nightmare of starving to death until they come groveling to us, begging, pleading to us. They'll take whatever we want to give them at that point. It's true. And then the shame of those people who are saved by those people will be enlisted and they will have to serve them. Mark my words. The, the scare tactics go on from the WEF guys here. Listen. This is a planetary crisis. This is a safety crisis, but above all, it is also a justice crisis. Many areas in the world are uninhabitable. This uninhabitable zone is increasing. If we continue with our greenhouse gas emissions, then by 2070, as many as 3 billion people will live in uninhabitable zones. If <laughs> 3 billion people? Hmm. That's a lot of people that will live in un uninhabitable zones. Sounds like they don't want you inhabiting zones is what it sounds like to me. Oh yeah, we don't want people here. We don't want people there. We want to remove people from these areas. Three billion people, man. I, I think we're at like eight. Now, that's crazy. Three billion people? Yeah, I don't think they'd stop there. 
I think, you know, what they, they wanted to do is take out quite a bit more than that even. I'm not surprised. You know, when you look at liabilities, when you look at the debt, when you look at everything that's going on, and I'm already at 56 minutes. Boy, I guess, you know, chop this one up into two shows if you need time. This is what I think they're planning. I think they are trying to plan some type of event. It makes all the sense in the world. They're not getting what they need to get out of people through compliance. People are standing up and pushing back and saying, no, 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 no more. We're done. People around the world are talking about this. It has been trending on Twitter for over a damn week now. People are, have, have just absolutely fallen out of love. And it's because they've lost all credibility. I mean, there, there's this one guy, you guys remember Brian Stelzer from CNN? This guy led a panel on disinformation. Listen to this. Ryan, I think they're ready for it. It was my last trip. That's our cue, I believe. Uh, We're getting counted down. Ryan, Ryan. Thank you. The clear and present danger of disinformation uh, is our conversation here this afternoon. It follows a session just now about disrupting distrust. And of course, those are connected. So I hope that's where we can start. Uh, I'm Brian Stelter, formerly of CNN, now a fellow at Harvard University. Let me briefly introduce our panelists. Disrupting distrust from Brian Stelter. How do we disrupt the distrust they have for guys like me who got fired by CNN of all places after talking about horse dewormer and pushing COVID and mask and you you guys remember the whole gamut over the last couple of years. (laughs) How are they going to disrupt it? How are they going to gain our trust back? They're not, obviously. This isn't happening. The old system is dying. Thank God it's dying. Fiat is dying. And to illustrate all of this and why this is so damn important, the U.S., and I'm kind of going to give you a timeline here. The U.S. hit yesterday its, uh, it's debt limit, $31.4 trillion. That doesn't count the unfunded liabilities, which I imagine are probably somewhere around $250 trillion to $300 trillion. Massive, un- unrealistic numbers. Right, beyond comprehension. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen uh, informed the congressional leaders, including the House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, that her department had begun using extraordinary cash management measures that could stave off default until June 5th. What this is is a veiled threat. Veiled threat. When McCarthy talked about and signed on to, I guess, the idea as speaker, he would make sure that any any bill that came to the floor was one subject, one subject only, that they would not be spending money in omnibus bills. This is to correct and make McCarthy cave. And he'll have to. McCarthy doesn't want to be the speaker of the house that is in charge when the U.S. defaults. A U.S. default means absolute bedlam for the entire world. It is when I think they're probably going to roll out CBDCs. And I think June 5th, you have until maybe June 5th, if there's if they see that he's working towards it, maybe he's he's they're making a little bit of ground somewhere, sometime. I think this is what they've got. And here's the deal. June 5th, ladies and gents, I hope you are getting prepared. I hope you understand that the U.S. and the Federal Reserve banking cabal is coming to an end. This is it. There is like I don't think there's 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 no coming back. There is no reformation of D.C. There is nothing. It is either we are going to go globalization or we are going to go decentralization. We are either going to stand and fight, we are going to start acting locally, we are going to start understanding that if our sheriffs and mayors aren't in line with decentralization and freedom, that you've got a real problem. June 5th might be one of those extraordinary dates because let's face it, Janet Yellen's connected. She is part of the banking cabal and has been part of the banking cabal for a 
very long time. People talking about shutting down grids, about massive, catastrophic cyber events, June 5th. That we are living in a place and time that now is not just global change, just global climate change. We are talking about mass extinction events where a lot of the earth isn't going to be inhabitable. How do you do this? Turn off the lights. Get people to go to camps so that they can bust them into places where they want them to live, where they control anything and everything that they're doing, what they're consuming, how they're living, what the temperature is, how they travel, where they work, what they do. This is global communism. It will be perpetuated by CBDCs. When you go to the camps to get the food, you're still going to have your phone until they have a tracking device in you that doesn't need that anymore, I guess. And you'll still have your phone so that they can monitor what your intake is and what your output is. But now you're going to be on a CBDC. What if they put something inside of you that possibly kills you? I don't know, like a mRNA vaccine? They can tell you what you can and cannot do. And people who are out of line just mysteriously drop dead. This isn't some science fiction movie anymore. This is, I believe, what they have planned. So you got to get anti-fragile. You have got to start understanding what economic crisis is headed this way. Not only economic, apparently, but cyber attacks, power outages, food shortages, complete breakdown of all society. You better know your neighbors. You better start standing up groups. You better have some real contingency plans in the very near future. And I'll tell you, this June 5th date is not far off from kind of what I thought was going to happen anyway. I thought probably by the middle of this year, things were going to fall apart. I've said it in previous shows. Middle of 2023. (sighs) I don't want to be right, guys. That's the problem. I don't want to be right about this. I want to be so wrong. I hope the day comes where I can be like, man, you remember what I said back then? But these guys are kind of that crowd that don't take no for an answer. The only thing that they understand is force and coercion. And at the end of the day, when they give you no other choice and they're coming at you, pointing their guns at you, telling you, you have to comply, you have to pay, you have to use our system, you have to do these things. We don't care about what you want. This is for the collective good. Huh. Sounds a lot like what's going on in the WEF. It sounds like all those people together, you know, George Carlin said said it best, is you don't need a conspiracy when you have overlapping interest. The overlapping interest of everybody there is based in fiat. Everyone. That's how they control. The people who are closest to the money that are willing to carry out the agenda of the WEF are the people that are going to succeed in their world. The people who are going to be the untouchables in their world. The people who are going to have more money than they know what to do with in their world. Get ready. I got to tell you, it makes me want to kind of put down the show for a while, spend as much quality time with my, my wife and kids and family as possible, enjoy the good times, and just work my ass off around here, making sure that whatever happens in this coming year, I am as absolutely prepared as possible. Start thinking about that with your time. I'll probably still come to the microphone. There's stuff I got to get out of my system. I There's stuff I got to do. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. I know it's a bit long, but maybe making up for uh, a lack of shows earlier in this week. Uh, you guys are a phenomenal group of people. Absolutely am tickled to death with all the, the notes, the retweets, the, the sharing of the show. Thank you guys for all doing that. And I'd ask you, go out there and do that. Share the show. If you want to listen 
and get sat. Uh, you can listen on Fountain FM. Uh, it rewards you and me and sats, the future of money, Bitcoin, for just doing what we normally do anyway. You might as well earn money while you're doing it. Fight back against the system. Uh, it's Fountain FM. It's a, it's a downloadable app. You can get it on uh, on any carrier out there. And I guess if you want to support the show, uh, Shane Hazel Cash App. Uh, you can go there. You, you can you can wire me some Bitcoin. Uh, Anthony, I know you're out there, man. Thank you very much for the Bitcoin. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. Um, and you guys can you know send me Bitcoin at Shane Hazel if you don't want to become a patron. But if you do and you want to support the show, a lot like uh, Crowder's Mug Club, you can go to patreon.com slash radicalpod and become a patron there for as little as a dollar. It definitely helps. Every little dollar helps. I appreciate everybody who has. If you got something to bring to my attention, thoughts, concerns, guests, whatever, Shane at RadicalPod.com. Ladies and gents, I hope you have an amazing weekend. Spend amazing time with your family. Enjoy them. Work hard. Get ready. Get anti-fragile. Until then, I love you. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take their stuff.